Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are going to be giving you one of 50 Mama interviews. These interviews have been conducted by Drama Victoria over the last two years to celebrate their 50th birthday. These 50 interviews are 50 conversations with 50 legends of the Victoria drama teaching game. So sit back, relax and enjoy a slightly longer than usual version of The Aside. Please note that the audio quality varies depending on where the interview was recorded. So here we are, interview number 19, with the wonderful and very talented Anne Holt. Anne Holt, welcome. Hello, Ellie. <laughs> We're going to start with how, when and why you became uh, involved in drama education. Right, well, it was an awfully long time ago. <laughs> Can we talk about what year specifically? Um, yeah, probably we could. Um, <laughs> certainly in the early 80s. Yeah? Yeah, at Bridgetine Convent in Cooma, mm-hmm. where I was called in to um, do some drama teaching. But before that? Before that... You were I, actually trained as, as, a, as a performer. As a performer in England, yes. yeah. Uh, no, yes. no drama education specifically. Am I allowed to say? Yes, that? you're allowed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's why I Under never. Under this cone of silence. Under cone of silence. Yeah, that's why I never worked for the um, government. They they wouldn't have me. <laughs> you know, only the private schools would accept someone who didn't have that piece of paper. Well, you you have a piece of paper. You're an actor. Actor. Well, I have yeah. a piece of paper with a diploma of drama yeah. on it from and London, but there not. There we go. Can we talk about that? Yes, that was marvellous. Because that's the starting point, really. Yes. Well, it is. That was 1960. Okay. And um, 60 to 63, 62, really. Um, yes, I'm, I trained to be an actor. And <laughs> really, that's what I wanted to do. I was on an Essex County scholarship to go to South West Essex School of Drama and School of Art in Walthamstow. And... Um, there we all were. It was a new sort of adventure. And we did fencing and voice and meditation and you name it, all the things probably that you would expect to do in drama school. And we'd put on a play every little while. I was in The Women of Troy as my first play. Just one of the women, but I was so proud of myself <laughs> because I was only 17, you know. <clears throat> so it was pretty good to be in training already. And I remember when I spoke to you with regards to a mask article many, many years ago, yes. you talked about your love of introducing students to ancient Greek theatre, which probably came from your probably experience did. of the women, women of Troy yes. days. Well, I had a lovely teacher called Alexander Franklin, who was a, a classicist teacher, really, and um, that, that was a, the director of Women of Troy. And um, we called him out, um, Ben, of course, because, you know, Ben Franklin, it's really quite silly. But anyway, <laughs> that's what we did. And, um, yeah, he, he did instill that great love of the, of the earliest history of theatre that we know of in our, 
in our in our kind of um, our Western theatre. Our Western yeah. theatre, yeah. Yeah, there yes. we go. So jumping forward to the eighties, what was the the catalyst for that move? from artists, because you were a singer as well. Yeah, well, that was the bit between coming to Australia in 62 mm-hmm. and uh, making records with RCA under the title of The Settlers. Um, I was married to Yuliko Boyle, who was the songwriter, and I was the female vocals, merely because I was married to the songwriter, I have to assure <laughs> you. And, um, yeah, we, we made three records with RCA, who are, I think, they're EMI now, I'm not sure. And toured quite a bit. Oh, we didn't tour, but we went all over the place. On in, when we were in the Snowy Mountains, that's what you know the songs were about. Um, the, the Snowy Mountains Authority used to send their little planes, their inspection planes, over to take us to various parts of the Snowy, so that we could sing at workers' reunions, at you know ten-year reunions, twenty. In fact, last year. I went up for the 75th. Wow. And I sang to hundreds of people. Wow. Badly. But I, <laughs> but I did it. It was very much a nostalgia run more than, more than an entertainment. Yep, same songs. Wow. And you know, they, those old people who are old like me remember those songs, and there was, you know, lots of clapping because <laughs> of the songs. <laughs> yeah, we've got two old settlers, Paul Davy and me. We, we, we were the only two surviving settlers that sang, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and and the fun. leap from, from entertainer, singer, to drummer, educator... Was really in Cooma, yes. When right. a friend of mine said, I can't teach the drama classes anymore, I'm going back to England. She was married to a soldier who was working on the snowy. As, a, as an engineer in, from the Engineers Corps in, in London. And um, I said, oh, OK, I could do that because I've trained to be an actor. I must be right to teach. And I loved it. And I always thought I wouldn't. I thought, mm, people who can't act, can't get into the theatre, <laughs> tend to go and teach. And I thought, that's absolutely rubbish. This is marvellous. And that's it since big, then. It? Since then, it's just been my whole career. Yeah, even now, even now, Ellie, I have a few students every year. Just the same. Yeah, just um, Marisa Rowland sends me a few from um, Sacred Car, and um, Lisa McVillie gives me a few boys from Marsland, and I coach them for their drama or theatre performances. Awesome. And I like it still. <laughs> so, so let's talk about some of the changes that you've witnessed since the 1980s. Right, yes. Right. Well, through the 80s, um, basically I was in New South Wales mm-hmm. and um, in just doing on and off drama, teaching PE, can you believe? <laughs> and English as well, all completely, you know, not quite right, but you know, we're just doing it <laughs> under cover of great, um, great skill. You're an actor. Yeah. And um, anyway, I was married at this stage to a new husband called Chris Holt, hence my name, Holt. And um, we decided to go to Victoria because he was offered a really good job at a new, brand new school called New Haven College. And so off I went thinking, golly, you know, how am I going to teach? drama down there, um, I'd sort of become a little bit of, in the world of drama in New South Wales, I was known, and I used to go from school to school, a bit like we do now, 
and have done here for years, you know, giving workshops, talking to teachers, all the things Strum Victoria does. Mm. And um, anyway, I thought, well, never mind. So off I went um, to, um, to Victoria, and I couldn't get a job. There were no jobs for drama, particularly not at the school where Chris was. And um, I had eventually ended up with a funny job at Leangatta High School, working on the merger of the, the, um, the high schools with the techs. So that was really funny. But in my spare time, I was completely at sea doing that, but you know, I got a lot of help. And um, in my spare time, I ran a little drama club at Leangatta High School, and we put on plays. I couldn't help myself. And then, of course, the great news came that um, we were going to change. I'd never taught senior drama in Victoria, but I suddenly heard that there's going to be a whole new programme called the VCE Drama, and I thought, all right, well, now, I'm at New Haven College by this time. This is just after Lee Gather, and I've got a Year 10 class, and I thought, and I've got a Year 11 class, and coming up, but not actually had them yet. And they go, I've got to learn all this new stuff. Anyway, when I got to learn all this new stuff, I found I was not alone. The entire world of Victorian drama teachers were all learning new stuff. So that was such a relief. And I met Rod Parnell, of course, who was my inspiration, mentor, dearest friend. Um, and I met him on the first day that I went for a training meeting to learn about the VCE. And there were all these awful people up the back. <coughs> Excuse me. Mostly women, I have to say, unfortunately. <laughs> yelling out with expletives that I will not go into. That he'd ruined drama and that no kids were ever going to do drama. It was too hard. Kids chose drama because there wasn't any written work and there wasn't any this and that. And, and I thought... Poor man, so I thought, in my motherly way, I'll go and speak to him. And he said, I said, look, I'm just so sorry as a person here learning. I think it sounds marvellous, and I'm so sorry about those people. And um, he said, oh, and he's so calculating that one. He said, good, 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 you liked it. I said, yeah, I love the whole idea of the programme. He said, um, do you want to write the first grade descriptors? <laughs> so I went home with this incredible task, you know, absolutely fear, fear of my life about not knowing what I was doing, but then nobody did. So, you know, I sent them into writing, you know, did a few things to them, but basically what was an A and an A plus and a non-gradable was Anne Rutherford Hobbs. There you go. For that start, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Yes. So that was the major change. That was a major... I've never really taught junior drama. Because really, once it moved from uh, what was pre-BCE or, or yeah, I think HSE, it was. Yes, um, it, was, it was a group B, after yeah, they? Yeah. It was regarded as something that people who weren't very clever did. So Rod's task was, since all of VCE had to have the same amount of rigour, um, which is Rod's favourite word... Um, we still use it. Oh, good. <laughs> um, that you know that he had to write programs with his panel, but you know his total inspiration that had the rigor that all of the other subjects had. Mm. So yeah, but they were marvelous programs. You know, we were suddenly off and running. It's gorgeous. 
So talk to me about some of the highs and lows, not necessarily in relation to the, uh, the implementation of the new curriculum, but the highs and lows of your drama teaching career. Okay. I mean, all right, we start with the lows because there are not many of those. I think the lows for me is one big major low. And that is when you're at, you know, I was at Xavier for the last eight years of my teaching career. And you contend with the fact that the, the other teachers who teach other subjects think that yours is easy, think that you're lying on the floor pretending to be grass growing or something, you know, <laughs> and tend to send you the kids that can't do very well at anything else. And, you know, people tell me now, because I haven't been in school for an awfully long while, um, that it's changed and there's a real awareness and understanding of the nature and rigour of drama and theatre studies as school subjects. But, you know, in the beginning it was like, oh, you know, you're a waste of time, really. And they tell the boys and say, don't do that, it won't get you anywhere, you know. And, um, yeah, so that was a, that was a sad thing. Um, to try and convince the boys and their parents that these boys were good at this subject and that they would do well to be in the industry or even if they were going to be lawyers that they couldn't go wrong learning about classical gesture. You know, so, so there was a whole, um, whole range of things like that that mm. um, eventually we got through. And the highs are, of course, teaching the kids, teaching them. You know, I never wanted to be you know, what, what head of year 11 or student advisor or something. I only wanted to be in the classroom, always. You know that, Ellie, yeah, I've been absolutely. in your classroom. Absolutely. <laughs> the, highs, the highs are definitely in that classroom space, or often in the assessment rooms when oh, you see the yes. incredible work that oh, these students produce. Fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's very it's, it's, it, it's very. Weren't we lucky? Well, you still are. I was so lucky to be an assessor and privy to those the, the, the talent, the work, mm. the creativity, the imagination. That's it. Which is why you know you know how you say bring in any artifacts or anything, and I thought, oh look, I could bring in some things that I've written, but I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. But as for artefacts, I always had a great big box or bag or something of things, bits and pieces of nothing much, but like rulers and fabric and, and, and bags and bits and, and an old jacket and things. And with, with, when you first got into, say, year 10, because I taught year 10 to 12, nearly all my, nearly all my life as a teacher, those year 10 classes, you'd put these out on the floor and say, okay, tell a story about these. And then they'd tell a story, you know, I put the jacket on and then I did an evening and off they'd go. And then you'd say, right, you get three of those, which was a good one, why, you know, what, where was the imagination? Then I'd say, right now, these things are not what they are. That ruler is not a ruler, what might it be? That jacket is not a modern day jacket, what is it? Blah, blah, blah. And so then I had to think about telling a story to transform, you know, the beginnings of really, you know, teaching non-naturalism, which yeah. is such a big part of our world, isn't it? My students still often refer to non-naturalism as non-natch. Non-natch. Which, which is an ad hoc expression. <laughs> I'm afraid I did say non-natch, <laughs> yes, yeah. It's like Stan the Man, was yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes, although that's quite opposite to non-natch, isn't it? Stan the Man being <laughs> the most naturalistic. But, you know, and then they'd have to act it out. The kids would choose the best one, the best story, then they'd all get into groups and they're going to act 
act it out. And then I, I think this is the most important thing, Ellie, I'd like to make here. I've been into lots of um, people's drama rooms, and sometimes there's chaos that means something, and sometimes there's chaos that's meaningless. And the chaos that's meaningless means the bell goes, the kids haven't performed, there is no culmination of the work that they've done, and they troop out, they're miserable. They are, they're cross, they're angry to the next class, and the person who has to take them next, the poor maths teacher or something, says, oh, those unruly kids from drama. Fair enough, this is when I've been, you know, in year seven and eight classes. So I always made, whatever age group, they sat and they watched and they listened to one another. And all the criticism was useful. Mm. It wasn't, oh, I didn't lie that it was stupid. I beg pardon? Nothing stupid. What didn't you like about it? Oh, well, I did. Well, you didn't understand it, obviously. Next. And so, you know, they all had to sit on the floor, watch each of the performances, and then I'd call them up. Shh, silence. Performance. And, then, and this then became the total respect that you need right through drama. Absolutely. You know, and the fact that the kids, you, you had to work your timing out so that each of those groups, whether you had three or six, depending on the class size and the story size, got to go before the bell went. And that's often hard when you've got well, a 45-minute lesson yes, and yes, 25 yes. students. Yes, yeah. you have to sort of say to some, you're going to do yours next time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. But at least... But have the, have the respect for the work that, that you would always remember exactly where you were up yes. to in the lesson yes. and which students had or hadn't performed. Had performed or hadn't performed. Yeah. And then they got to be really good at judgment, you know, assessment. And they'd say, well, which, 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 which do you think was the best piece that we've seen today and why yeah you know and then it would all come up well I thought it was really good except that Sandra was in front of um, Phyllis <laughs> ah there was a bit of upstaging there was there so you'd start to use the terminology of, of the theatre and, and drama world and so then it became second nature absolutely yeah. I'm so, no, no, it's great. It's great. <laughs> memorable experiences, or the most memorable experience in terms of your okay. drama teaching career. This is going to sound really silly, but, you know, I suppose because I wrote plays for the kids, as you know, I wrote rock musicals, the biggest, probably, most exciting moments were putting them on to a big audience, seeing the kids. I had a, a rock band that I was mates with, so they used to come and help me, you know, and the kids would, would some kids would play with them, and, but all the children had to sing to a real rock band. And to see plays that I'd written, and there were quite a few going on in a big theatre. You know, we put them on at places like the big theatre in, in the Burwood campus there, we put them on. Oh, the Beeson Centre? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, we, we, often we put them on there. And we got thousands of people over three or four nights, if two or three people, a hundred people a night. And this just swept kids into the drama world. When I started at Xavier, I had three boys, three. And when I left, there were 44, which That's is quite incredible. a, for a school that, you know, is a sporty school and, and quite an academic, a, an academic school. school to have 44 kids doing theatre and drama. And loving it. And loving it. Yeah. That's an incredible And it's still going well. You know, Peter Roberts there doing a great job. Ray was there. Uh, Ray Swan and Tony's still there. I think Tony... Ray, Ray's moved to Brighton. Has he? Yes. Okay. He's With a good Miles teacher. Collins. 
Oh, right. Well, that's a formidable team. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, yeah. He's actually, I think, moved away from drama education oh, and more he? into uh, the administration side of oh. things. And uh, I think he's yeah. the assistant people principal. Get, people get burnt out teaching drama any, don't they? <laughs> it's hard. It's, it's hard. tough. <laughs> but, you know, if you love it, you give your life to it, don't you? And you're doing Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I still love what I do. I know. Yeah. I know. So let's talk about your mentors and collaborators. You talked already about Rod. Yes, well, you know, Rod immediately springs into mind. And all those early people that I, you know, obviously Ben Franklin at school and initially at my training just made me think, yes, you've, you've, you've got a scholarship to do this, you've chosen correctly, you're going to be an actor. This is marvellous, you know? And the other teachers there whose names I don't really remember anyway, there were a lot of them, they were all good, they were all dedicated, you know, I can still remember all the voice exercises that we did <laughs> to say what and not what. <laughs> I've forgotten that since I've been in Australia. <laughs> um, and, but, you know, really my collaborators, people that mean a lot to me, have been since the VCE. You know, in 89 I did one of the first trials. My daughter, Gronya was um, in that class. Oh, wow. And she has got all, v- all HSC and VCE drama on her, on her results. <laughs> so, you know, that was what happened that very first year, which was in 1989. And we were still amending and doing more and more things to, to the drama pro- programme. And then we brought in theatre studies. And I met all these amazing people. I mean, you know, Phil Norman, Richard Salas, Marita... Marita Rude, I should mention second names, I guess. Um, these marvellous people that had such good minds and such innovative ways of creating and continuing to create and develop both these subjects. How could we, you know, Rob Galbraith, I mean, mm. Rob Galbraith was marvellous. Yeah, a, a man that... that uh, will never be forgotten in our yeah, world of drama. We lost yeah, way too early. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. We did our first in memory um, mama interview this morning. Yes. Uh, to honour Charles Slukey. Um, oh, gosh, yes. But we're, we're very much um, looking Dear forward Charles to gathering too. some, yeah. some uh, important connections of Rob Galbraith Great. at some future yes. point. Yes, oh, he was an inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, your favourite professional learning experiences? I guess they'd have to, you know, this sounds like I'm. You know, being a little bit of a mummy's boy here, but I think Drama Victoria was the only time I had any, you know, experiences in how to teach drama, other than that original um, time in in London when I was learning to be an actor. But um, Drama Vic grew and grew under, you know, different different. Um, eras of its time. It used to seem to me in the beginning a bookshop and a nice place to come and, you know, the old Vardy days. And then, it's, then it became this educational hotspot, you know, and I came and I often was asked to teach a particular thing but also came to hear other people speak about how to teach mm. and, you know, and what to teach and show their work. That was great. That's wonderful. Is there yeah. a specific drama workshop that you, you stand out? Richard Salison, Jane Bird, I remember in the early days giving 
marvellous um, workshops on theatre studies. Yeah, workshops on theatre studies. Mm. Yeah, because that was uh, pretty yes. amazing moment, wasn't yes. it? When oh, when we yes, when Rod decided that we were going to have a second subject and that this would be more industry in a way. I don't know if you'll agree with that, but it certainly has proved that way. A lot of the boys from Xavier who are not actors, there's an awful lot of actors, but they're in the theatre doing lighting and sound and all of those things that they learnt. The beginnings, the interest in, in doing theatre studies mm-hmm. at, 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 at Sandra. Sorry, I'm, I'm pointing at our cameraman. Josh Prince was uh, also a, um, doing drama and theatre studies. Good on you, Josh. Um, and, you know, the opportunities that that has presented in terms yeah, of well, career choices Josh, yeah. can do... Yes. Uh, the filming and the oh, sound yes. and, and has performed in numerous productions. Great. Yeah. yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. It's pretty yeah. pretty exciting stuff. Um, so advice um, that you would pass on to the next generation of drama teachers? Yeah, I think don't have chaos. The chaos occurs when you've really got them all, they're all under your thumb and they're quietly, you know, and they get excited and everything, but not chaos that leads to nothing. Then there's, you know, time to sit down, let's have a look at the first group. So that respect for one another and that interest in one another's work Mm. and the ability to be able to assess themselves and one another through watching, through the respect that you build in a drama classroom. And what do you think is the secret to your longevity in, in, in drama education? I don't know. I didn't know anything else. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got a passion and an enthusiasm and a joy for what you do. That oh, I have. Yeah. Yes, I love it. Yeah. You know? I so, what, what do you think is the the kernel of that? Well, it's such an invigorating subject, and it's imaginative, and it's you can, and, and it's new stuff every year. You know, you get that set of. Um, different plays that you're going to go and see and that set of different um, um, solos, drama solos and theatre monologues that you're going to teach and they're all new. So here you are reading all these plays, teaching a whole new subject every year. That's marvellous. So you know, yeah, you reinvent. You reinvent. Yeah. You go, oh, God, I don't know that one. But look, I'll learn it. I'll, I'll be all right. You know, oh, yeah, I think I read that when I was about 19, you know. Here we go, reading it again. That's and it. so you get an education, don't you, being an assessor? Yeah, you're continually learning. Yeah, you're continually it? learning. And not just as an assessor. All the drama and theatre teachers have to read and learn and know how to teach those uh, solos and... Um, um, Monologues as well, you know. Awesome. Good luck to you all. It's a wonderful subject. It sure is. <laughs> and thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. It has me. been a joy and a privilege and a pleasure as always. It's lovely to see you. Well, that's all from us at The Aside. There are 49 other Mama interviews you might like to listen to, so please do feel free to go and find those and have a listen. Thank you to all the people involved in conducting the Mama interviews. The list is extensive. Happy 50th birthday to Drama Victoria, and thank you to the 50 legends for giving us their time. If you would like to ask the aside a question or you have a suggestion for a future episode, please do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening. <laughs>